has been Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 31 years. Wow, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of surgeries. I actually had this week off, so what did I do? I went surfing. You'll hear all about that during today's show. And you'll also hear about, because I went surfing, the greatest icing on a donut that I've ever had. Chocolate's great. Vanilla icing's great. Lemon is great. Maple is great. But I had an icing on a donut that I've never seen or heard of before, and it blew my mind. You're going to have to go and get this donut. And I'll tell you where a little bit later in the show. Man, was that great. And the surfing was awesome. One of the days, the fog was so thick, you could not see in front of you. And I'm going out before the sun rises. So it's dark, it's foggy, and you just have to feel when that set wave comes in. It was awesome. I'll tell you all about that a little later in the show as well. But I'm so excited for today's show because my guest is truly a living legend in the world of comedy. And boy, could we use comedy at this point in time. His name is George Schlatter. He produced the number one comedy show on TV in 1968 called Rowan and Martin's Laughing. His many other shows over his long career make him the undisputed expert in what exactly is funny. And he had a cast of characters, no doubt, to make each and every one of them funny. But it all started with the hosts of the show. The hosts of the show were Dan Rowan and Dick Martin. The idea of this straight man, Dan Rowan, versus the clown, Dick Martin. There's a chemistry that a solo comedian cannot attain. It reminds me of Leonardo da Vinci. His idea was he wanted to show the light, how the light entered the painting. Well, how do you do that? Light's invisible. He was the man who changed the world of art by recognizing You must show where the shadow is. Show where the shadow is, and therefore you know where the light is. It gives the painting depth. Well, to some extent, when you have a comedy team where there's a straight man and there's a clown, there's the light and there's the shadow. And it made me think all week of things like that. But you know how much I love the world of sports, the world of art, and the world of surgery. 
there's got to be this principle of creating that depth with the straight man and the clown, the play-by-play guy and the analyst, if you will. When we listen to sports, three guys in the booth, a little bit much. One guy calling the game, fantastic when it's Vin Scully. But Chick Hearn, he always had a guy in the co-pilot seat, riding shotgun. It gives it depth when you watch sports, when there is a play-by-play guy and an analyst. So it made me think all week, where would we see this? Well, in sports, in my lifetime, to really exemplify this idea was Pat Summerall, because he first did his analysis of football in 1970 with Tom Brookshire. But later, after they fired Tom Brookshire, they brought in someone who they thought would be better, John Madden. Pat Summerall was was the real voice of the NFL, and he made these two partners, Tom Brookshire and John Madden stars, in a way, two different kinds of personalities. But when you think about it, it was really Pat Summerall who was the brains behind it. And the mechanism of how he did it is what fascinates me. And it relates to what George Schlatter did with Dan Rohn and Dick Martin. So in a minute, you're gonna hear some sound bites of Pat Summerall with both Brookshire and Madden. And you'll see what I'm talking about in terms of the straight man and the clown. Well, where else in art can we hear and and feel the ultimate two-man comedy team? For me, it was Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner as the 2,000-year-old man. And you're going to hear in full effect how Carl Reiner, the straight man, tees up Mel Brooks. But it's so key to have the right straight man to make that comedian oh so funny. These short bursts of teeing up Mel Brooks, it's priceless. And in a minute, you're going to hear the best straight man and comedian in the 2,000-year-old man. So Pat Summerall, he ultimately became such a good straight man when he called 49ers games, when the great Bill Walsh was the coach, Joe Montana, the quarterback, Jerry Rice, it got to the point when you'll hear this, where Pat Summerall calling the game, like Vince Scully calling that great Kirk Gibson home run, letting the crowd roar, let you hear it as a fan, the crowd roar, knowing when not to say much. That's what Pat Summerall did. That's what a straight man does. Few words you'll hear Pat Summerall say for a touchdown, Montana, Rice, touchdown. Just three words, as opposed to another commentator giving you all this noise of them speaking, not Pat Summerall. He was the best in the business. In surgery, yes, I looked hard in my life in surgery of where you had that light and shadow, straight man and comedian. And for me, it was Dr. Curlin and Dr. Job. This two-man team revolutionized the world of sports. But many of you don't know that Dr. Curlin did not operate. 
He's the most famous surgeon who wasn't in the operating room because he had ankylosing spondylitis, a crippling disease. But he was the best at taking a history and making a diagnosis. The best with his hands was the surgeon, Dr. Job, Frank Job, and they teamed up. This great doctor who could take a history, do an exam, make a diagnosis, and then you had Dr. Frank Job do the surgery. It was an awesome combination, giving you light and shadow. Clapper vision, I wanna talk about, because I'm such a fan of Ed Ogeron at LSU, Louisiana State University, where Joe Burrow played last year. And I got to watch so many of the games. Well, the safety for the LSU Tigers got drafted to be a Cleveland Brown. In practice, they haven't even started the season. Grant Delpit, I'm just looking forward to him having a career so badly. In practice this week, he ruptures his Achilles tendon. Why did it rupture? I'll give you a clap revision, and it will involve two Christmas trees coming out of the calcaneus, your heel bone, one Christmas tree rising out of the back of the heel bone, going straight up the tendon, and another Christmas tree upside down coming from your calf muscle. Well, the tips of those two Christmas trees represent the ends of the blood supply. The trunk of the tree is the big artery. The branches are the smaller artery. The leaves are the tiny little capillaries. But there's a spot two inches above where the Achilles tendon attaches to the calcaneus, the heel bone. We call it a watershed where the circulation of those two tips of the Christmas trees barely meet and you rupture your Achilles tendon in that exact spot every time because of the circulation. So we will not see Grant Delpit this year, this year because he ruptured his Achilles tendon and I can bet you it's in that exact same spot. So there's a clap revision. I'll do a lot more once the clinic is open. The number will be 877-710-ESPN. But let's get right into the whole idea of the straight man and the comedian. Who is Dan Rowan? Who is Dick Martin? Steve Paulette, let's go to number one and two, listening to these two geniuses, straight man and comedian that George Schlatter made into stars. Let's go I to wanted one. to explain to you what's going to take place. Fine. Since you see the show, you know what we do. Yes. I say it's yeah. talk informal. Conduct yourself as if you're in your in your kitchen. We drop by for coffee. Oh, yeah, fine. A little man. chat in that fashion. Be right? my pleasure. There is uh, there are a couple things I want you to think about though. Uh -huh. We have the three cameras three set cameras? up on this show. Oh, yes. yes, we have one over here, yes. one right in the center, uh -huh. another camera over on that side. I now see. all three of those cameras are immobile. So they're where? They're fixed. <laughs> they're fixed. <laughs> they're stationary cameras. Oh, oh, they oh, oh. They don't travel. So you said we, fixed, I was wondering. Well, they're fixed in place. So I had my cat fixed. We can go Thursday. <laughs> Old terrible town, we used to call him. <laughs> so he bust right out of the bushes after <laughs> He nailed anything that moved. <laughs> we finally went in then and finished. Yes, Doc, I want you to He just sits in the bread box and stares at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great Dan Rowan and Dick Martin 
the timing, teeing it up so that Dick Martin could be so funny. Well, Dick Cavett interviewed the greatest comedian of all time, Groucho Marx. And it was a little uncomfortable because there was Groucho Marx sitting next to Dick Cavett in a talk show. And the other guest was Dan Rowan. And Groucho Marx, the greatest to ever do comedy, said to, to Dan Rowan on this show, I'm a little upset with you because I tried to give you a compliment because what you do as a straight man, you're the best at it. And I know comedy, Groucho basically said, I'm the stem cell, I'm the king of it all. And young man, you are the best straight man I've ever seen. You have to hear this. Let's go to number three, Groucho Marx talking to Dan Rowan on the Dick Cavett Show. One night I met you in Chasen's. Yes, sir. We were both having dinner, not at the same table. You were sitting with a group, five or six other people, and I walked up to you, not knowing you, and I said, I think you're one of the greatest straight men I've ever seen. And you took umbrage at this. I was trying to compliment you, and you thought I was trying to insult you. I still think you're one of the greatest straight men I've ever seen. And I'm still taking umbrage. <laughs> no, I, true. I, I appreciate it's it. true. And so now he tries to walk it back because he's embarrassed. It's fantastic. Listen to Dan Rowan from Rowan and Martin's laughing. Try to t explain to Groucho Marx. But first you can hear Groucho Marx explain that the reason he was such a great comedian was because of his brother Chico, who essentially was his straight man, allowing Groucho to be the funny guy in all the movies. Number four. I want to tell you something. There has never been a good comedian that didn't have a good straight man. Oh, you go down man. through the ages of all the great comedians, they yeah. always had a great straight man. In my case, it happened to be Chico, because he was my brother. Yeah. But he did what a normal guy if it hadn't been my brother, it would have been doing it for me. But and, Chico also, I'm sorry. And I thought he was offended that night. Yeah. No. And here he walks it back and explains to Groucho why he took umbrage at him giving him that compliment. Number five. And I appreciate it very much because not very many people when you're working as a team uh, ever say very much to this the straight half of the team. The straighter uh, half, let's say. Well, I don't think um, the straight man means anything, but it's very important. And it's, uh, well, you know, for a long time you get off stage and uh, people will go rushing right past you and, and pat Dick on the back and say, you are the funniest son of a gun I ever saw and I'm standing there ordering a drink, you know. Number six. Uh, yeah. And so the night that Groucho did that to me at Chasen's, number one, it's a very unusual thing for anybody to say. Number two, here is the guy who is the classic comedian to all people in comedy, mm -hmm. talking to me personally, which is a little discomforting in, in first place. Yeah. And in the third place, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm really fairly uncomfortable when people say things like that to me. I don't know what to say. Now I just want you to hear a little bit of, in my opinion, who did it best as a straight man and a funny man, and it's Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner, the straight man, Mel Brooks, the comedian. This is a skit where Mel Brooks pretends to be, it's all ad lib, pretends to be a 2,000 year old man 
And Carl Reiner cannot wait to ask him questions of what it's like to be 2,000 years old. The straight man, you'll be able to hear that voice, the great Carl Reiner. Let's go to number seven. About four days ago, a plane landed at Idlewild Airport. The plane came from the Middle East, bearing a man who claims to be 2,000 years old. He spent the last six days at the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> Sir, is it true that you are 2,000 years old? Oh, boy. <laughs> you are too, it's hard to believe, sir, because in the history of man, nobody's ever lived more than 167 years as the man from Peru would claim to be. But you claim to be 2,000. Yes, I'll be, I'm not yet. I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asked him this great question. Do you remember the day when you discovered that there were women also, not just men, He's 2,000 years old. Oh, I love it. Number eight. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. <laughs> who was Bernie? Bernie, one of the feisty leaders of, the, of our group. And he discovered the female. Yes. How did it happen? He How said, did it come hey, to pass? There's, there's ladies here. <laughs> I'm very interested to find out how Bernie discovered the woman. Well, he... How did he, it come to pass? He, one morning, he got up smiling. <laughs> so he said, I think there's ladies here. <laughs> oh, God. So funny. All right, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. Coming up next, you're going to hear a little bit more from the world of art, the idea of a straight man, the play-by-play -play announcer, and yet there's an analyst. You'll hear more from Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner and Curlin and Job. I'll talk a lot about the team, the light and the shadow. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. It's like one plus one is three. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Antibiotics, they were nice. Going to the moon was nice. But putting Oreo cookies around vanilla ice cream and hot fudge, unbelievable. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home <laughs> of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's Enrique Iglesias. I think his name is December. Bailando. Beautiful tandem singing. Bailando. Two billion hits on YouTube. That is one great song. But let's listen to a little bit more, just because it's so funny. I don't want to interrupt them. Let's listen to number nine of Mel Brooks' Carl Reiner, the ultimate comedy straight man and comedian. Number nine. Could you give us the secret of your longevity? Well, the major thing, the major thing is that I never, ever touch fried food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat it, I wouldn't look at it, and I don't touch it. And, and they uh, never run for a bus, there'll always be another. Even if, even if you're late from work, you know, I never run for a bus, I never ran, I just strolled jaunty jolly walking to the bus stop, you know? Yeah, well, there were no buses in the time no, of uh, in my Iraq. 
Number 10. What was the means of transportation then? Mostly fear. <laughs> fear transported you? Fear, yes. You would see an animal would, would growl, you would go two miles in a minute. But I suppose you fear had... Fear would be the main propulsion. Yes, but I think most people are interested in living a long and fruitful life as yes. you have. You mentioned... Fruit is good too, you mentioned fruit. Yeah. Fruit it? kept me going for 140 years once when I was, I was on a very strict diet, mainly nectarines. I love that fruit. It's a half a peach, half a plum, such a hell of a fruit. <laughs> not too cold, not too hot, you know, just nice. What has been Even your... a rotten one is good. You know? <laughs> That's how much I love them. I'd rather eat a rotten nectarine than a fine plum. What do you think of that? I can understand that. Yes, that's how much I love them. Yes, I can understand that. So you just hear the beauty of the straight man. As Groucho Marx says, actually the more difficult job to set up the clown, the comedian. The comedian gets all the credit, but really the straight man is making that comedian look so good. Well, in sports, it's the same thing. Two men in the booth. One is calling the play. Exactly what you're seeing on the field, whether it's a handoff, a pass, a first down, a touchdown. He's just telling you the facts. But it's the guy sitting next to him, the analyst, who gets to be the clown, who gets to be the star, who gets to be the comedian. And nobody did it better as a straight man than Pat Summerall, the guy who was sitting next to him, initially was a man who was very much like him. And it was a great duo, but it was a better duo when the guy sitting next to him wasn't just like him but was actually different, and that was John Madden. Let's listen to Pat Summerall. Let's go to number 10 first, Steve Pellett. There's a lot of play-by-play guys, and when you hear them talk, this, well, I gotta lead the analyst, I'll help him, I'll lead him. Well, you don't help him by leading him. You help him by letting him look at the whole field and see where he's going to go, and then at the end, you tag it. He makes a little basketball twist there and pivot, and boom, the ball's there right again between the eight and the nine. Oh, is he happy. What a throw from Anderson. That was his natural way, and I don't know that that's really understood today. I don't know that that's ever been understood. He was willing to be the straight man to John Madden's show, and that says a lot about a guy and how secure he was. How did Pat Summerall get into the business? He was a football player. He was a kicker. And he kicked one of the most legendary kicks in all of football when he played for the New York Giants. You got to realize in the late 50s, there were no color commentators. There were no analysts like we have today. The stem cell, the Groucho Marx, was Pat Summerall. And it all happened because television and NFL films came at the beginning of the NFL. And they needed someone to broadcast the game. Well, the good-looking Marlboro man for the New York Giants was their quarterback, Charlie Connerly. That's who CBS wanted with this brand-new idea of having a football player in the booth telling you what happened. 
Well, guess who Charlie Connolly, the good-looking quarterback for the Giants, roommate was? It was Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall heard the phone ring. Charlie Connolly was not there at the time. He was out and about on, ta- on the town, and he picked up the phone. And on the other end of the phone was CBS says, listen, we're looking for Charlie Connolly. But you know what, Pat Summerall? You sound like you got a great voice. Maybe you'll come down for the audition. And Pat Summerall did. And it changed his life and it changed our lives. That fortuitous moment of opportunity. Let's listen to Jim Nance tell us how Pat Summerall got started. Number one. Pat kind of slipped into the business. It was truly fate. He was sharing an apartment with some of his Giants teammates, and they were looking for Charlie Connerly. It was a call from WCBS in New York. And when Pat answered with that beautiful voice of his, he was asked, by the way, why don't you come on down and audition? This is the attraction of pro football. Summerall got the job. Now, let's check the scores from yesterday. First of all, the Yankees had a good Sunday and beat the Senators at D.C. Stadium in Washington. Tommy Trash drove in four runs, and Ruben Amaro hit his first home run of this year. There you're hearing Pat Summerall just reading the news, but you can already hear that voice and the cadence of his voice, how he emphasizes certain words, punctuates the sentences with his voice. But that's all raw material. As time goes on, he gets better and better at it. Let's go to number two. In 1970, Pat was paired with Tom Brookshire on NFL Films This Week in Pro Football. Hey, Tom, I got a riddle for you. Okay. What is green, can't score, and is not welcome at home? Well, you really know how to hurt a guy, <laughs> don't you, Pat? You know, they were kindred spirits. I think they saw that right off. As Will Rogers once said, Tom, I never met a man I didn't like, but obviously he never met a coach on game day. The problem with that, t- that tandem was that they were two of the same, two characters. But that doesn't work as well as when you have a straight man and a comedian. But they were terrific because it was so brand new. Let's go to number three. In 1974, Pat switched from analyst to play-by-play and suggested that Brookshire join him on CBS's number one broadcast team. The Jets have won the toss and elected not to play. (laughs) (laughs) They were just natural people, friends at the bar, talking, BSing. Of course, the man that uh, is synonymous with Jets is Joe Namath. Wonder about Joe. We we thought maybe he would stay up all night to make sure he wouldn't have to play in this game, but (laughs) we probably did. And number four. A draw play. For a big man, he's very quick at adjusting at the line of scrimmage. They were tough guys, and they liked each other and respected each other and had fun together. Stem is wrong. They loved each other. They were talking as almost teammates, and it became a conversation of football. That's how Namath has to get away from the center when he goes back to pass. Those legs taped up, strapped up, found, almost like he's in a cast. Mm. And those voices you hear are producers Ed Gorin and Bob Stenner. Bob Stenner's been on this show. Love Bob Stenner. Um, But they were too similar. They were too much alike each other. Not a straight man, not a comedian. Number four. Okay, 
Now you're going to hear from Brookshire's wife about how much fun these guys were having. She lets us in on a little bit of a secret of these two comedians doing football games. Number five, this is Barbara Brookshire. They would take turns. One would write down a phrase or something, put it in an envelope, seal it, and give it to the other one. The other one was not allowed to open it until they sat down to do the game and they were on. Then they could open it and look at it, and somewhere in the broadcast they had to fit it in. Any kid that collects the rattlesnakes can't be all bad, right? <laughs> Two, one, take remote. Can get the, the equipment working if my assistant, Mr. Brookshire, can do that. Pat and Brookie's Theater of the Absurd included their pregame show appearances. Hmm. Now let's go to number seven. They call us the Sunshine Boys, and, you know, we rode pretty high when we were together. We were in New York City one night, and we ended up taking a ride in one of the Surreys. So we got to the Plaza Hotel, and the handsome cab driver was an Irishman. They said, uh, you fellows are having an awfully good time. I wish I could go with you. And I said, well, come on. He said, well, what am I going to do with my horse? I said, bring him. And we had him in almost into the elevator, but he, we couldn't get his head down to get him in the elevator. But the producers realized that it was not going to work when you had two of the same kind of guys. It would work better if you had John Madden instead of Tom Brookshire. Similar to George Schlatter realizing having Dan Rowan and Dick Martin, two guys that were very different, the straight man and the comedian. They love John Madden. Should they keep Pat Summerall as the play-by-play -play guy? Or should they actually have Vin Scully? Can you imagine? Let's listen to number eight. Was that Tom wasn't great, but John was better. And the potential was off the charts. So it became a question, okay, who do we put him with? And the toss-up was, Pat Summerall, should he continue? Or Vin Scully? They had me work with Vin Scully first half of the year. Hi, everybody. I'm Vin Scully, along with John Madden. And then switch and work with Pat. Good afternoon. I'm Pat Summerall with John Madden. And finally, number nine. They were two different people who had totally different interests, but they came together to make maybe the greatest broadcasting team ever to be on sports television. Boom, we cross him. The left goes to the right, the right goes to the left. This guy crosses here, he crosses here. They have no idea where we are, who we are, where we're coming from, or who we're throwing to. Very interesting. <laughs> the thing that was special was Pat. I mean, if I'd go like, boom, over a cliff, I mean, Pat would catch me and bring me back up, and we'd be, you know, first and 10. That's exactly right. His use of words, minimalistically, but he was the straight man. He got Madden back on track. And that's the secret of entertainment. You want to see the light, you got to see the shadow. You can't paint the light, but you can paint the shadow. You want to be funny? Have the straight man set up the comedian. You want to have more depth in a football game? Have a play-by-play -play and then an analyst. In surgery the same way with Dr. Curlin, and Dr. Job. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. 
You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Who gets to touch these things? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Who even gets to see these things? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Just gonna stand there and hear me cry. Well, that's alright because I love the way you lie. I love the way you lie. I can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. There it is in music. The straight man and the comedian. Rihanna and Eminem. The depth you get in this song, the contrast. Exactly what we're talking about today. Good job, Steve Paulette. The lines are all lit up. The clinic's open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Vincent and Carson. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Yes, Dr. Clapper. I've listened to your show for a long time. Uh, I pre- I, that means I'm old, Vincent. <laughs> we're both. We're both. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about you, Vincent. What do you do for a living? What did you do for a living? Where did you grow up? What did your father do for a living? Oh, I grew up in the Caribbean. I grew up in Trinidad. Um, My father was in the printing business. I ended up in the printing business. Uh, He was a press operator, and I ended up being an estimator and purchaser for a printing company. uh, Isn't that nice? Yes. You got any children? Yes, I do. Tell me about that. How many kids you got? I got four kids. I got two sons and two daughters. And how many grandkids? Uh, two grandkids. Wow. Anybody going to medicine? Uh, not going into medicine. One of my daughter, da- um, my daughter is in the, um, she, yeah, she is in the medical field. She's a nurse. Good for you. You generated a nurse, Vincent. I'm very proud of you. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, you had sons and daughters. They say a son is your son until he takes a wife, but a daughter's your daughter for the rest of your life. Believe me, when it comes time to take care of you, Vincent, I'm sure it's your daughters that you call, not your sons. I call on all of them. <laughs> because they all Good for call you. me. They all call on me. So I That's call. beautiful. Yeah. I can tell. You're the guy that you would want to call. You're a beautiful guy. Tell me how I can help you, Vincent. Yeah, I had a couple tunnel surgery about four years ago, and um, about five years ago, and um, now I'm experiencing pain in the right wrist, and I had a MRI, and I'm scheduled to have surgery, and the surgery would be for a four-corner fusion with scaffold excursion, this mm-hmm. is radius bone graft on the right. Okay. Side. Okay. Uh, do you have any idea? You need some clapper vision for me to explain that to you? Yes, I am seeking your, because <laughs> I, I, I'm seeking your expertise because you always say surgery should be the last thing. So Correct. Correct. And I'm going to want you also to get a second opinion and a second opinion from someone who I trust. Someone who's good, who's been on this show. I work with him at Cedars. So write this name down. His name is Eugene Tsai, T-S-A-I. 
you don't, this is not an operation you have to do tomorrow. You may still want to have it done by the person you saw already. That's up to you. We live in a free country. But I definitely want, before you have an operation like that, you should be getting a second opinion. And again, do not let them shoot you with cortisone, Vincent. Yeah. Although I'm sure they probably already did. No, uh, well, what's yeah. the last name? Eugene? Tsai, T-S-A-I. You give him a call. You tell him you're a loyal weekend warrior and he'll get all excited. But he's who I would go to if I had already a carpal tunnel syndrome and now needed a fusion in my wrist. But let me give you a clapper vision. Okay. One of the things that I take great pride in is knowing that my father fought in World War II. Um, it was, you know, being Jewish, his name was Abraham, and he really took it upon himself to be the guy to take out Adolf Hitler, who went about his business as a Nazi trying to kill every Jew. And my dad really took that upon himself. And they were going to ship him to Japan, actually. He was training in the swamps of Savannah, Georgia, until one day he realizes there's no swamps in Germany. They're in Japan. They're training me to go to the Far East. And he went to the commanding officer and said, personally, I have nothing against the Japanese people. I want to go after Adolf Hitler. And they said, not a problem, Mr. Clapper. And they sent him off to Germany. Uh -huh. And my dad rode in an anti-aircraft gun. He was in, in the back with the gun. And the reason I'm telling you this story is he used to tell me that the front two wheels of the truck were typical wheels, but the back of the truck was called a half track. So if you ever watch a bulldozer at a job site, you see that they're not necessarily on big wheels. They have that, that um, like a tank, it's called a half track in terms of that ability to get over sand dunes and rocks and boulders and uneven terrain that's the way you get over those uneven surfaces versus a dirt road or a paved road where tires and a wheel would work, correct? Yes. So to maneuver over uneven terrain, you have that belt and those multiple wheels that make up the half track. Well, if you look at your wrist right now, it's almost like a joystick for a Game Boy or a, a Xbox where you have that joystick on the computer, which can go in all different 360 degrees of angles. So many different planes. It's not like a hinge, which just can go up and back. The joystick can go in all these different directions. Well, if you look at your wrist, your wrist is not a hinge joint. It may look like you can extend your wrist and flex your wrist, but your wrist and your forearm can rotate that's why you can pick up fine things. No matter what the angle is, your wrist is able to accommodate just like that half track can accommodate to gravel and rock and, and all these uneven terrains. So when I take the skin off of your wrist and we look deeper into your wrist joint itself, we will see eight different bones, not just two bones with a hinge, and my best clapper vision is, if you go to Hawaii, you get a beaded necklace made of kukui nuts or a pearl necklace. Imagine a necklace of eight different pearls held together by a string. Well, the inside of your wrist is a pearl necklace or a kukui necklace 
with strings. Those are ligaments that attach the eight different pearls or the kukui nuts, and they're shoved between your forearm and your hand. Those are the eight bones that make up your wrist. And when you think about it, having those eight different bones and that string in between, those ligaments in between, that's what allows you to have the mobility, the flexibility that your wrist joint has, like a half track on an uneven surface. What you have done is the strings have deteriorated that connect the pearls together. And so the bones are now rubbing each on each other. And that's what's giving you pain and stiffness and swelling in your wrist. It's arthritis, but just not of one surface, like when I do a hip replacement, where it's the ball and socket joint or a knee replacement or a shoulder replacement, where it's just two bones that I'm dealing with, with the joint in between. Go have eight different bones with every surface being cartilage. It's a whole different level of damage. And it's a whole different level of trying to treat it. We've actually tried to come up with wrist replacements. They're not that great. They don't work as well as a hip and knee or a shoulder. So to give you that powerful grip and that ability to have your hand move without pain is you take four of those bones. Remember you said the word four corner? Yeah. You're taking four of the bones, scaphoid, lunate, capitate, I can go through all of them, but you're taking those individual bones and making them into one giant pearl, one giant kukui nut. That's what the fusion is, so that you don't have pain when the bones rub against each other. Does that make sense? Yes, that was explained to me, yes. Okay, so is that the correct next move? How actually to do it? This is why I want you to get a second opinion. You'll go to Dr. Tsai. And keep in touch with me, Vincent, because I'll be thinking about you. You're more than capable of calling in, just letting me know where you're at, and I'm happy to help you. All right, Vincent? Oh, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Listen, Vincent, you're a total stranger, and I just helped you. I want you to do me a favor today. Find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Oh, great. I'll do that. All right. God bless you, Vincent, and thanks for calling. Let's take a break. We'll pay some bills. Coming back, I may tell you where that donut with the icing that I've never had before. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It's orange. Orange flavored icing on a donut. Coming up next, I'll tell you where you can get that donut. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Foo, foom, look out, baby. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Because here I come. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Time for tuxedos for no reason. Yeah. All saints for my angel. Yeah. Alexander Wang too. Yeah. Ass tight denim and some dunks. I'll show you how to do this, young. Uh, no papers. Catch papers. Get high. Out Vegas. Suzanne's on doubles. Ain't looking for trouble. You just got good. Welcome back, weekend warriors. Tell your mother that I love her. Talk about tandems. There you have Justin Timberlake and Jay Z. The song has more depth because of 
the two different singing styles of these legendary singers. Suit and tie, I love that song. Today's topic is all about the idea of a tandem, a straight man and a comedian. Steve, let's just play, just to remind the listeners. Let's do number 13. You, you've lived so long. Did you ever have an accident in all this time? An, an accident always. An accident. Oh, an accident. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, in the, in the year 61, I was hit to, I was run over by seven men fleeing a lion. <laughs> they ran me over. And that, that's the extent of all. But the... they didn't have insurance. I didn't have insurance. <laughs> there was no such thing then. Uh, so you laid there till you got better. Amazed. <laughs> <laughs> you lay there till you get better. The two thousand year old man, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. The donut place I'm telling you about is in Ventura, and it's called Good Time Donuts. And when you go in there, make sure you ask for Sue. Tell her you heard about it on the Weekend Warrior Show. You will have the best donut you'll ever get in Los Angeles. It's her own place, family-run business. They've been there forever. And that's where I go after I finish surfing. And I was there a lot this week. Because <laughs> I surfed a lot this week. And she's just the sweetest person and you can just feel the love every time you take a bite out of one of her donuts. Good time donuts, Ventura. Being off this week was great. I'm gonna not take any calls right now. I'll, I'll do the clinic base from this week. I had two hardworking guys, not women, hardworking guys in their 50s get a hold of me this week, even though I was off, because they had sciatica. They had back pain shooting into their buttock going down their thigh, through their calf, into their ankle and toes, radiating down the sciatic nerve. That's why it's called sciatica. There's nothing wrong with your foot when it goes numb and tingles. There's nothing wrong with your calf or your thigh. The muscles are fine. The joint is fine. The problem is the root of the nerve in your lower back where the disc and the spur exist. A clapper vision is you're in your living room reading the newspaper and you have a nice little lamp right next to you with a light bulb and the light bulb starts to flicker. You check the light bulb. Nothing wrong with the light bulb, it's screwed in nice and tight. Why is it flickering? You look at the switch next to the light bulb. It's not loose, it's nice and tight, turns on and off. Why is it flickering? You look at the shaft of the lamp. It's not rusted, it's not broken, didn't fall down, it's fine. You look at the wiring between the plug that's in the wall and the wire that goes to the lamp. It's not corroded. A rat or an animal didn't take a bite out of it. That rubber insulation is nice and smooth. Nothing to matter with that. Why is the light bulb flickering? And then you see the diagnosis. Then you see the answer to the light flickering. 
It's the fact that when the room was clean, someone with the vacuum cleaner bumped into, by accident, the plug into the outlet. The plug has been pulled out a little bit from the outlet, so it's barely making a connection. That's what's causing the light to flicker. What do you do? You push the plug deeper into the outlet where it was before, and guess what? The light no longer flickers. It stays on brightly. So the diagnosis was, where's the source of the flickering light bulb? Light bulb's fine, switch was fine, shaft was fine, electric cord was fine. It was the root, the end, the other end was the source of the flickering of the light. That's exactly what sciatica is. There's nothing wrong with your foot, your toes, your ankle, your calf, your thigh, your hip, your buttock. Nothing wrong with them. It's the, it's the connection to the outlet. It's where the nerve root leaves the spinal cord. That's where the damage is. Someone in their 50s, yes, it could be a, it could be a disc. And you know the clapper vision for the spine. It's a stack of Oreo cookies. The cookie is the vertebral body, the bone. The cream filling of that stack of Oreo cookies are the different levels of the disc. You squeeze the cookie, the cream filling juts out from the side of the cookie, pressing on the nerve that's right next to that stack of cookies. That's a pinched nerve, a herniated disc, a bulging disc. But also stenosis can cause the same reason for the light to flicker, for the symptoms to go down your leg. These two men called me and I told them, don't have a cortisone shot, don't have an epidural, get in bed, put a pillow behind your knees, hot and cold pack, get up to go to the bathroom, get up to eat. Other than that, for the next three days, you stay in bed. As long as you can pee and don't have a foot drop, that's how I like to treat it. And I'm here to tell you, both of these guys, three days later, called me. I can't believe it. I feel 85, 90% better. Good. You can pee. You don't have a foot drop. You're 85% better. That's the greatest news. No shots, no pills. Later, you can do pool exercises, but the way you treat it initially, in my opinion, is bed rest. So there's a clap revision for you. Coming up next, I'm gonna tell some stories because my guest at 8.15 is the TV icon, George Schlatter, who created the number one comedy in America, 1968, Rowan and Martin's Laughing. The idea of a straight man and a comedian hosting that show. He's a genius, George Schlatter. And at 8.15, we're gonna talk to him. But we're in art, we're in sports, we're in surgery. Do we see that idea? You'll hear some stories coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.